Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV, I'm Steve Hall, this is Chris Page and Dan Club and we're here to talk about Mohamed Salah and the fact that, well really, nothing happened, yes, the Saudi Pro League transfer window finally closed on Thursday night and Mohamed Salah remains a Liverpool player. Um, just to be, yeah, dead quick why we're doing the show, if you haven't already on Wednesday, Chris, Dan and Chloe and I all graded Liverpool's transfer window, how it went to from start to finish. But of course, the Saudi Pro League window was still open then, so we kind of had to park the Mo Salah thing aside. So here we are talking about it now. Uh, Chris, I'll come to you first. Um, hand on heart, was, was there ever a moment at any point in the last two or three months where you thought Mo Salah wouldn't be a Liverpool player today? I never got over probably thinking 70-30 Liverpool would keep him. Like it was very much like 100% and then 90 10, 80 20, and then probably settled on around about 70 30. It just never really made sense to me until the offer became too big for Liverpool to say no. And I never really felt like 200 was quite the offer that Liverpool could would have to say yes to, if I'm being honest. Same question to do then. Was there ever any doubts that we because I'll be honest, when we planned this show and I, I, you know, people behind the curtain. We planned the show a couple of weeks ago. Mm. There was two options: it was Salah's gone or Salah stays. And so, obviously, I had a little bit of doubt myself. I was never one hundred percent. I don't think anyone really was. How was your gut feels? Oh, uh, similar to Chris. I think from a while ago now, when the interest became apparent, it was always a concern because we know how big a deal it is for the league to get Mohamed Salah over there. And when you start thinking. You know, could he be tempted by the money? We've seen many players before him be tempted by the money that's on offer and, of course, the project side of things as well. So I was concerned. Great project. And I was concerned, yeah. But it just goes to show again with Salah that when, you know, on the back of a disappointing season, he could have easily jump shipped. This could have been the ideal time from his point of view to say, no, I'm not, I don't want to be here anymore. We're not in the Champions League, et cetera, et cetera. But he's decided to stay put. Um, in sort of the face of adversity given what happened last year he's clearly seen something what Liverpool have done over the summer the players we brought in he sees sort of a promising future if you like under Jurgen Klopp still so that's a real big positive for me but there was definitely worry yeah because like I say the money is on offer particularly to Mohamed Salah is absolutely high water in figures and like I say when the, when the interest kind of rumbled on and on and on I know you want to go through the time and the minute you do start to sort of second guess yourself because originally like no not going to happen won't happen but then when it doesn't go away you think well clearly because we've known from sort of the outset with the Saudi stuff the way the deals have panned out is they've gone to the player side first got a little nod to say yeah we'll do it and then it goes from there and the fact it didn't go away straight away makes you think well clearly Salah is half open to this at least 
suppose looking back at the timeline like you mentioned there Chris the first rumblings of this and I've got this on for the date June 21st 2023 Saudi Arabia to start work on Mo Salah transfer it was uh, the head of the the marketing department basically of Asian football who came out and said yeah we'd like to have you know we need to start working on getting Mohamed Salah and at that point like the Saudi thing was a thing but it wasn't a thing thing if that makes sense you know what I mean it was almost like where they're going after certain players. Are they going to be able to get the big guns? But they got Benzema. They had Ronaldo already. I felt round about then. I think maybe a few, maybe a few weeks earlier. I don't know. The world started really waking up. I suppose to like the the, the fact that the Saudi Pro League now is is a, a competitive market for footballers, and therefore it makes sense why they want Mohamed Salah. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, of course, it does. I mean. He- he is just probably the biggest player in that in that side of the world, isn't he? In terms of the draw that he would bring, the eyes that he would bring to the to the league and stuff. And maybe only Messi would be a bigger draw than him. Obviously, they'd already had Cristiano Ronaldo there, so um, obviously because of his background and everything, his religion, it would it would make perfect sense, wouldn't it? So. Um, I it, it was I, I didn't realise it was that early, if I'm being honest with you. I probably thought it was late July. I probably got a real wind of anything proper happening and um yeah, I just find it interesting that it was that early on that it was being talked about. I suppose, yeah, bread, breadcrumbs are being uh, laid down. At, at every point, though, Dan, it's worth mentioning, like, Mohamed Salah's agent came out, I think it was August 7th, and said, mm-hmm. most, you know, he wasn't committed, we wouldn't have signed the contract. Um, but the story's rumbled on. The question really, and I, I, might, I might already know the answer, but it's worth pitching it anyway. Liverpool's stance throughout all of this remained completely unchanged. Mm-hmm. Never once did they waver, whether it was what they were saying to the media... Like in terms of like, I don't know what you call it, briefings or whatever behind the scenes. What anyone who was front facing, i.e., Jurgen Klopp, was saying to the media, it was Mohamed Salah will not be sold this year. Mm-hmm. And yet, we all still doubted them a little bit. I think no one ever was quite steadfast that like he is not going anywhere. Why mm-hmm. do you think that is? Why don't because they did this before with Phil Coutinho, mm-hmm. and it was a few summers ago, yeah. and they didn't sell him. They waited for the next window, and it was when it was on their terms, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Why do you think no one did like fully 100% believe Liverpool when they were like, he's not going anywhere? I think partly because we know of the riches that we're talking about and the sort of silly money offers that were being muted, um, sort of the idea, the sheer idea that they sort of break a world record to come and get him. We know about his contract situation, sort of the fact in the last 24 months of that. And we know what FSG are. As an ownership group, they they run a they have run a pretty successful sort of sell to buy model previously. We haven't sold very well in recent times. So when a big money offer, if it was to get up to sort of the reaches of two hundred million, then you'd have to sit up and take notice of it. And I think we all felt obviously as the window dragged on, it became impossible to replace him. If you can replace him from the outset, is a different question. But when it became absolutely impossible, then all of a sudden the business side of things and the football side of things have to sort of marry up, and it didn't make sense by that point. But earlier on in the window, I think we just all felt that they could reach a point a tipping point in all of this whereby regardless of what Jürgen Klopp's saying his desire Jürgen Klopp's desire would always be to keep Mohamed Salah Salah's desire quite clearly is to stay at Liverpool if he had his way but from an ownership perspective, if you do get sort of upwards of 200 million, you've got a real problem on your hand and you just do from a business side of things because you can say, oh, we want Champions League football, blah, 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 like that gets highly guarantees you that, whatever. But, I've said it the other day, like if you're FSG and you've got £200 million on the table, that's your Champions League windfall anyway, plus the fact you might still get it by getting through into the top four. So I think that's why we were never 100% sold because we knew 
what these Saudi clubs, particularly the four owned by PIF, are capable of. And it might just be the government absolutely blows out the water because like Chris alluded to there and you did as well, like you've got Ronaldo, they've gone and got Neymar, they've got Benzema. But I don't even, when you said Messi sort of on par, I don't even think he is. I think for that part of the world, Salah is the absolute pinnacle. Like he's just the absolute pinnacle of the Muslim world. If they get Salah, that isn't mission complete because obviously we know there's a 2030 project they've got going on but for this part of the mission that is absolutely it done and dusted so I was always sceptical when I, when the agent Rami Abbas came out and said no that happening that gives you okay sound happy days but then when it kind of never goes away and he doesn't come out again I start to think okay this is this is a bit different now suppose Chris as well and Sorry if I'm going to throw you under the bus, but I don't mean to. But like we've often on this show, we've discussed the ownership, the rights and wrongs. And there's a lot of people who are quick to jump on the wrongs Liverpool owners do. And we've done it ourselves. But they do deserve credit here, don't they? Because they, there, there was £150 million on the table. They could have went, yeah, straight away. But they remained steadfast in the, he's, we're not losing him, we're not losing him. Because there aren't many football clubs, I think, in the world who could just look at a hundred and fifty, well, a hundred rising to one hundred and fifty with achievable add-ons, which was stuff that he probably would have done. It would have been quite easy to go, you know what? That's just too much money. So they do deserve some credit, I think, for a sticking to the guns and b, yeah, they were unwavering in their their message. They never change once, and fair play to them for that. Yeah, I think they they probably deserve some credit for that. I think you know also they've probably had the hands tied as well. I mean. If Jürgen Klopp is sitting there, and I don't know this is, is true or not, but if Jürgen Klopp's sitting there and going, do not sell Mohamed Salah on me, then you've got a giant Jürgen Klopp-shaped hole yep. or problem in your football club. So I think ultimately, whether you agree with how they go about this or not, FSG do want the best for Liverpool within their remit of how they're going to run the football club. I don't think, even from the mistakes that they've made, it was never because they didn't have Liverpool Football Club's best interests at the time at heart. So, for example, like, you know, there's so many mistakes that they've made. I'm just going to pick one. They, when they tried to trademark the word Liverpool, like, that, the, the reason I'm under, I understand that they tried to do that was to stop all the fake kits and all that because it's a huge market outside of this country and, and even probably in this country as well. Um, so I think they, they did it for the right reasons for the football club, even though it was a terrible decision. And I think if they were to sell... Mohamed Salah for 100 rising to 150. That would be a terrible decision for Liverpool Football Club. Yes, it's a huge sum of money, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make you better. It doesn't give you time to improve and Liverpool become worse. So from their point of view, if you if you take that sort of stand of, all right, you might disagree with the way that they go about it. And I disagree with some, some of the ways that they go about it as well. But if you take the stance of do they want do they think they've got Liverpool's best interests at heart? Yeah, they do, and I think I think they do have Liverpool's best interests at heart. And selling Mo Salah on the eve of the deadline transfer deadline day isn't giving Liverpool the best platform for success. Yeah, we've got a, uh, got a comment here. I'll try and bring it up now from Tom Darby, who says the same. You have to give credit to FSG for turning that amount down, no matter what you think of them. And I think that's Absolutely. kind of I think I would agree with that as well. Um, Dan, I'm going to come next to you with maybe another curveball one. And this is pure hypotheticals, but I, I love dealing with hypotheticals. I'm, I'm, I'm the what if guy, aren't I, in the office? You I always am. Um, what would do you think Liverpool's stance would have been if this bid was made in June or early July? <laughs> do you know what? The whole time Chris was talking, and I was thinking, he's absolutely spot on, by the way, with everything you said. But it was almost made easier 
to stand firm and to say, no, I'm not selling him because of the how late it was started. in the window. Yeah, the season started late in the window. We had no time to replace him. So all of that is like, no, we can't do it now because it just makes no sense. And it would be a disaster from a PR point of view. We've already spoken about sort of the PR that the Saudis were sort of trying to achieve by going for Salah all the time, which worked very effectively, by the way. Because um, like the whole of our transfer deadline day was spent talking about Salah and Saudi. So they've, they've had to play the blinder there. But um, yeah, I do wonder, had this have started sort of the data we're talking about and that verbal offer had it been then and not like a week before our deadline I do wonder how it would have played out now listen it could have been exactly the same result Salah could have said no I'm quite happy here I think Salah in all of this this is my kind of hunch on it is quite happy almost either way he's like the, the consummate professionalism he's happy to stay at Liverpool he'll work his nuts off at Liverpool and he'll get us back to the top I'm certain of it however had it gone the other way and Liverpool would have been like do you know what we kind of need to cash in on you now he'd have gone to Saudi and been quite happy over there as well that's my take on it by the way and very much my individual take I've got to say that but yeah I do wonder if we'd have had a 150 verbal offer in June, that still wouldn't have been enough, in my opinion. You still would have had to go upwards of that. But had the the talk that we've experienced over the last week of that 200 million offer happened and then actually become a real thing, I think we might have been in a different world. I honestly do. I think we'd have been discussing selling Salah, possibly early July, mid-July, whatever that looks like. And then you've got your six, seven weeks to try and find a replacement. I, that's my belief on it and like, like I say that's because you've got time in a window to do a little bit of business and you've also got your 200 whatever it was and people will disagree with that by the way and that's fine people will say no you need 300 million or whatever crazy someone is but my point of view is the fact that if we had received a genuine 200 million pound bid earlier on this window I think we'd be talking a whole different conversation I, I agree with Dan there I think when you talk about a third of Liverpool's record revenues for a year in one transfer fee. It is exactly what FSG want. It is sell to buy. That's what they are. I think they, they would have to take the money in that instance and they would have to try and reinvest it. Now, it's like buying a house in this market at the moment, isn't it? Problem is, when you take a huge sum of money for your house, it's cost you a lot of money to replace it. And that would have been the difficult thing for, for Liverpool is how do you replace Mo Salah? That would have been a question that I don't think this summer they had the team in place to do. That's and, that, and, you know, with Schmacker there, um, no proper long-term plan, as it seems, for the director of football, a brand-new data-led department who I'm sure will go on to do good things under Will Spearman. Um, Jürgen Klopp obviously not really planning for the departure of Mo Salah. I think it would have been a, a disastrous decision, but I also think it's a decision that FSG would have taken. suppose, well, we saw how hard it was Dan to replace Fabinho and Henderson. I mean, Liverpool aren't great at being caught on the hop. No. They, they like having their ducks in a row and their replacements in early. Often we've signed them before doing the guys left Diaz and Gakpo just two examples of that you know we even Virgil van Dijk was bought before they decided to move on from other centre half they, they don't really want to be chasing the market and that's what the Salah thing would have done so I suppose and it's the next question really I'll bring it on to we've got a, a comment here from Benji who says I still think this is a Coutinho situation stay till January unless we're top of the table he'll go and we'll reinvest there's a lot of again not there's a, a lot of people who probably are thinking the same January next summer could be on the cards yeah if that is the case, I hope it's not. I hope Salah stays two years. I hope he sees his contract out. I hope he signs a new contract. I hope he stays till he's mid-30s because I don't see him getting any worse. But if that is the case, at least now, Liverpool do have the, like I say, the, the, the chance to go to Will Spearman, York Schmacker, whoever's in charge and go, go and find us an absolute banging right winger. I don't know who it is. Rafael Leal, whatever. I know they all play on different sides, but whatever. 
go and find someone because even if they're sold in early June, they are now chasing the replacement. Whatever this, I think this now should be the the catalyst to start already thinking about it. Hopefully, it doesn't go. But if he does, you've got to be prepared. You've got to, you've got to be prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dodging this particular bullet this time around, which whichever way you look at it, we probably have done because we knew the interest was genuine. There was that verbal offer. So Liverpool can take this as a win. Absolutely. And FSG, you know, big tick in their box for, for standing firm and turning down this crazy money. Um, but yeah, we have to use this as a, as a line in the sand and say, right, okay, we've had that little scare now. We don't know what conversations have happened behind closed doors. It might well be a bit of a gentleman's handshake. We'll let you go next summer, January, whatever it is. We don't know that. But yeah, we have to use this as a moment to say, right, okay, now we need to start thinking about life after Mohamed Salah. Um, and again, players-wise, I know you mentioned Kravaskelia there, Rafael Liao, there's that kid at PSV, didn't move anywhere, Johan Bakayoko, who we know we like as well, left-footed, right-sided winger, so he makes sense in terms of that. But yeah, Liverpool, what it is, is fascinating to me because I think, so you mentioned Coutinho there and obviously we did it with Suarez as well previously in terms of selling him and how you reinvest that money. Do Liverpool go gung-ho? for the one that replaces Mohamed Salah. Now, in my opinion, I've said this to you both before, that's Bakayo Saka. You go and really test Arsenal's resolve on that, whether they cave or not is a different story. They might sit here and go, why would you do that? That's mad. Um, but if you, that's my first play on that front. But if not, do you then reinvest in the whole squad, which is what Liverpool have done well in the past, and they've gone, okay, we've got 200 million in the bank, whatever it is for Mohamed Salah ultimately, um, and go and get three... Probably three. I'm going to say three or four, but it's probably three. Um, and strength in that way. I, I don't know which side of the coin I fall on for that. I think I'd like to see us go for Saka. And if that fails, then you go the other route. That makes sense. I think you can make that one big play for Bakayo Saka. And if you don't win that, then you just go and strengthen the entire squad. That'd be my strategy. But yeah, Liverpool, they've got to get a few things right, to be honest with you. You'd probably like to appoint your sporting director first <laughs> and it. then go down. Because I, I don't personally see it's completely off topic. I don't personally see Schmadger staying on beyond this window. I don't think he gets January. Again, I could be wrong on that. I've given a lot of opinions today. Um, but if we doesn't, get the guy in that is going to be the long-term one and let him lead the chase for whoever the replacements are or is for Mohamed Salah. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
suppose as well, Chris, we've got a, a comment here, and, and this is something we're thinking about because everyone's kind of starting to write the end of Mo Salah off. We've got um, Studio Neo said, I think Salah will sign next year on his contract and maybe be sold in the summer of 2024. And then James asks the question, would you give Mo, Mo Salah a, a contract extension to keep the price up? But, I think that was something I was saying on deadline day, wasn't it? Now, the first thing you do now is you try and tie him down for an extra year to try and keep that value high. Um, obviously, if that's something you can do, that's kind of win-win. It's something we actually saw done with Alexis McAllister as well at Brighton, isn't it? Obviously, in December, he was you know really happy at Brighton, obviously, to sign that new contract. Yes, it put a, a, an offer in, but he's earned a few more quid in that sort of mm. December to July period or whatever it was when we signed him. Now, if Mo Salah earns another 150 grand a week for the next few months, still on the understanding that a, a world record bid might come in for him and he moves on, then it's good for him, it's good for the football club. There's a level of respect there. Um, so I think it's something that Liverpool will be actively trying to maybe get sorted. Um Unless there's already an agreement in place where it's like, look, there you go, it's gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna move on, we're gonna part ways in in January or the summer. But um, I do think it's important that we try and keep Salah. I mean, this this phrase has been used a lot over the last sort of couple of weeks. Is that you know he's thirty one, but then the repl- the retort is age is just a number when it comes to Mo Salah. You sort of alluded to it before, Steve. He's not really one of those players that you're concerned about dropping off. He seems, if nothing else, like seems to be changing his game, becoming. Yeah more of a creator two goals two assists so far this season already from Mo and I don't really think he's at the heights yet but he's still impactful on the football field so um, it's obviously really difficult to replace him and with Dan I would go straight to Saka and, and test Arsenal's resolve um, I'd, I'd even be comfortable getting all the money from the Mo deal and it might be stupid and putting it on the Saka one Um and making it really, really difficult for Arsenal. And, and the reason that I would do that is I think you get 10 years out of Saka because of the age difference between the two players. And I think, you know, when you when you look at trying to sign someone so young who, who's got such a high ceiling and is so good right now, there is going to be a premium for how long you get to keep them for. You get a couple of contracts, maybe three contracts out of someone like Bakayo Saka, um, whereas Mo, you don't. And I think from FSG's point of view, though, I'm not sure how much sense it makes keeping Mo till 2024 because I think there is a point where FSG don't look like they are changing their strategy around Liverpool Football Club and the ownership of Liverpool Football Club. And again, there'll be a lot of people out there who, who disagree with the way that they've done things. But if you can get, for if you sell them next summer, a 32-year-old, £150 million, that is the epitome of the sell-to-buy model. Yeah, it is. I suppose, Dan... What might be difficult, and we'll cross these bridges when we get to them, of course, and we don't know when this is going to happen. We signed Mo Salah. Mo Salah wasn't a superstar. He became a superstar at Liverpool Football Club. If we have to start that process again, so I'm looking at the names, some people are linking here. Hugo's gone for loads. Adeyemi, uh, Elise, mm-hmm. uh, Eze, maybe, potentially. Like, th- these are lads who you are going to have to mould again. Mm-hmm. That's going to be quite jarring. That You you, you are right. It, it, there's very few players who you could just go, right, replace Mo Salah. There's probably none. There isn't any. So we're, we might have to get our heads around that. It might have to be that other parts of the team carry this guy through. So you you ask your Diaz's and your Sobastars and your Nunez's and whoever mm. to boost the pool through while they bring this other guy along because... Yeah, you can't replace them. It's just it's impossible. There are some players who are just irreplaceable. You can replace them with a body, but if if we can, if Liverpool got managed to go and get themselves someone who scores twenty assists, double digit goals every single season, I mean, wow, fair enough. But it's gonna we are probably gonna have to get our heads around the fact that it's probably gonna have to be similar to what we did with Salah, someone 
who was you mentioned the word project before a little bit it's mm. probably going to have to be that no absolutely is yeah you just don't replace like for like with Mohamed Salah and the numbers he's been able to produce it's just it's freakish quite frankly uh, from the moment he walked into Liverpool Football Club it's been absolutely off the chart like he just he shocked everyone didn't he certainly for Jose Mourinho his former Chelsea manager I think he saw that coming but yeah unbelievable and he's been and he will continue to be an unbelievable footballer for Liverpool but you're right I think if we do start having to get our heads around the fact that one day he won't be ours anymore and somebody else will have to sort of take that mantle we are going to also have to get used to the fact that the uncomfortable conversation that whoever it is that comes in might not hit the ground running in the same way that Mohamed Salah did for us and yeah it's, it's just different ways isn't it what I would say sort of the positive spin on that is is that as a side as a squad we're further along the line under Jurgen Klopp now than we were when Salah came in like Salah was just like I say he was absolutely sensational and he was we had a good side but we weren't what we are now you know what I mean we weren't have all the components in place and sort of have risen to the top of that mountain alright we've dropped off a little bit again but we're on the rise once more and I think whenever Salah does go whether it be next year or the year after whatever it looks like I'd like to think that we were in a position especially now we've had such forewarning of it this little warning we've had in this window should act as a really positive thing the fact he stayed and now we can go okay that was a bit frightening let's make sure when that time does come we are perfectly equipped to deal with it and that could be getting another player in in January if he is going to go in the summer do you sign a right winger in January you can learn from Mohamed Salah for a little bit you've got Ben Doak there he's a kid he's not the kid to replace him right now but he could already we sort of eyeing up the fact that tell you what, he's not going to be around forever let's watch him let's learn off him let's get every bit of information I can so that one day I could be similar you know what I mean so Liverpool if they're smart about it now will be doing their due diligence already and they'll have the squad not just the Mohamed Salah replacement but they'll have a squad in place like we did with Coutinho like everyone sort of and we spoke about this the other day, and Coutinho was never as key to Liverpool. He was never integral because he didn't produce the numbers that Mohamed Salah produced, obviously. But what we were able to do when he left is just change things, and we just adapted. Jurgen Klopp will already be thinking about, right, okay, do I just go like for like, or can I adapt what we're doing now? And Diaz is your Cody Gakpo's Darwin Nunes will be a big part of that. But I have no doubt in my mind that by the time this does happen, whether it be next summer, January or whatever, Liverpool will be in a place to deal with it and deal with it really well. The adaptation thing is the interesting stuff for me there because I think you can already see the, the plan for the forward line when we signed Darwin Nunes was to change the way that we played the forward line with Bobby Firmino there. Um, you know, when you when 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 Salah comes in, Sadio Mane, I think I'm right in saying, was our top scorer. He was definitely our player of the year the year before. And he was playing on the right-hand side. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, I, I know I did, and I know a lot of people thought that Salah was coming in as a bit of a backup to, to Sadio Mane because we had Phil Coutinho over on that left-hand side. He was doing bits over there as well. And you're never really sure of coming. So I think when you think about Nunes and how he plays that sort of number nine role, is it does it mesh particularly well? I think it does at the moment. I think that, you know, Nunes and Salah have, have come to an understanding on the football field and are getting better and better the more games they play. But that's not to say there isn't a different type of player that could get more out of Darwin Nunes and move the goals inside uh, uh, rather than outside because... I think ultimately the front line was built originally probably around Bobby Firmino and what his skill set were. And then once we knew we were going to be moving on Mane and, and sorry, uh, Sadio Mane and Firmino, sorry, then it's built around Salah. And then once Salah goes, something else, someone else is going to have to stand up and a different way of winning is going to have to come to fruition for us. Absolutely. And hopefully, I, again, I'm, 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 
I'd I'd be getting to a new contract. I wouldn't even be thinking about selling him. Personally, I want to stay here till he retires, and then we will replace him with just replace him like at, when he's. 37. If we had, like, <laughs> if we were state-owned, I'd agree with you, but I just don't see that with our owners that we can afford no, to turn yeah. that money Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of a farm, just going from a pure farm. Is that what you want? Yeah, yeah. Or is a... that what you think will happen? No, I think he'll leave next summer. Okay. Um, I don't want him to, I think he will, um, mm. because the money's yeah. just mad. And, and I, I think everyone will, will shake hands on it, but I suppose, because actually leads on to my next question to start rounding things up. What happens next is that January comes and they're going to come again. You'd be shocked if they don't. Why wouldn't they? Um, see, we, I know we sold Philip Coutinho halfway through the season, but Liverpool had a plan in place a little bit to, to get around that. Um, do you think it just matters? Is it more a case of what happens between now and, and December? If Liverpool look like they're, they're challenging for winning major honours, then that becomes a no-brainer as well. But if Liverpool are Liverpool of last year when they're in a top-four race... Then again, that may be the decision where the owners, everybody comes together and goes, you know what, now's the time, I guess, because this isn't going away. Al Etihad or some other PIF club are going to be back for Mo Salah in January and the following summer. And if he stays the next January, this isn't this story rumbles on, doesn't it? No, I, I think it does. And I think Liverpool have to sign who they believe might be the Salah replacement if they're going for the future. Uh, maybe a guy that we haven't really got eyes on right now in the January, a la Gakpo, a la Diaz for that place. You know, maybe a 30, 40 million pound player who can grow into that role and learn from Mo and help us out in January while he's not there. It's going to be incredibly testing that January period. I think if Liverpool are still in the Europa League, maybe in a, in both cups at that point and in with a shot at the league title, there's no way Salah moves on in January. Um, I would suspect the even Parks talks until the summer um, because of the focus that that lad has um, if the season is disappointing um, which I hope and, and I think I don't think that it will be um, it could be very very difficult for Liverpool to navigate those waters and yet it would seem like on the surface as you sort of said there that's the worst time that you could deal Mo Salah to somebody else uh, because you need him in that fight for sort of fourth but uh, let's hope we're not in that situation to be honest with you we want more focused on winning things and, and that's a place this is the place that he can do it and I suppose Dan as well to, to, to start wrapping that one up a little bit before we start heading off the, the fact that Liverpool have already had a, been a promising start to a season that I think that already helped what we've seen already you know if Liverpool looks shite mm. <laughs> and then their bids are coming in maybe Salah kicks off a little bit more yeah. like we don't we, we've I've, I've credited Mo Salah for on the field it doesn't look like it's bothered them really mm -hmm. there was a couple of signs at Newcastle where he got straight off after the fans it was a bit like that's a bit weird but his performances you know at the end of last season the start of this 10 goal involvement in the league etc he's got on with it I do wonder if the mood moves around Liverpool was crap would he have kicked off? I, I just don't. I don't know Mo Salah's character. I don't know the agent well enough in terms of how they act. But that that also did play into Liverpool's hands a little bit. The fact that there's a general positivity around the football club. Why would you want to leave now? Why do you, this is this could be a chance to win things one more year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think he's the type of character. The way he sort of comes across and he's, the way he's been portrayed is the fact that he wouldn't want to leave on the back of last season because it was so disappointing for Liverpool, given what we've been able to achieve with obviously Mohamed Salah being a, a key part of that. And it doesn't. They never felt like he'd leave on those terms. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. January might be a different conversation. It feels for me like he'd give us the season. I don't think he leave, leaves mid-season um, and leaving on a high next summer. Sorry, like mate, that. can I just stop you there? Do you think we'd sell him in mid-season anyway? Like we talked before about the bids coming in. Yeah. If a bid comes in on January the 1st, mm. forget what most Allah wants because Liverpool can just still say no. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't I, think we will. I, 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 I'm, I don't know. I don't think they would either. I don't think they will. I don't think mid-season's. Or, I think I think more. I'm in line with what Chris said a moment ago. But you get a, your replacement in in January and let him spend. And we've done it before. We did it with with Gakpo and Firmino last time around. It seems that it was Diaz and Mane prior to that. It seems to work quite well that sort of method. And I, I'd sort of try and replicate that with Salah in the knowledge that there's a good chance he leaves next summer. I don't think we do it mid-season personally. And like I say, I think you've touched on it there. That having such a positive start and getting lads in like Sabozlai and McAllister lads who Salah's probably looking at and going do you know what I fancy a little bit of this this is a bit of me let's let's stick around and see what happens here because he he adores the Liverpool Football Club I absolutely am 100% nailed on certain about that and when we have gone through rough times we have sort of suffered and stuff he's been one of the one of the few to come out on Twitter off his own back and say, I'm so disappointed by what's going on. I'm going to give everything I can to fix this. That's his character. That's his personality. And that would have happened last season. It did happen last season. And he's going to want this season to put it right. So I think for him, from a personal point of view, he will be absolutely relishing the fact that Liverpool can compete again this year. And he's going to want to go out on that high, like I mentioned, have a really boss season with us. And then... I, I do believe, is my personal belief, that he will sail off into the sunset next summer, hopefully on the back of winning some trophies, some more silverware for Liverpool, having played alongside these new lads and help somebody else grow into sort of trying to step into his shoes for next season. That's my personal take on it. I kind of hope I'm wrong because I'd love him to stay forever, but I just think for all parties, it might make sense that it happens next summer. How do you feel about that? Cause you, you same, mate. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you know, I sort of alluded to it before. I think... With the owners that we have, you need to get money in to be able to spend it. Um, and that means selling players who are, well, if you can sell them in the late 30s, you know, I don't believe that Salah is going to drop off anytime soon, but I also probably wouldn't risk half a million pound a week for the next three years to find out. Yeah. Um, as, as shit as that sounds, like 150 million, 200 million pound for a 32 year old. It's too hard to turn down. No, you're right, yeah. Think yeah. about the lad who's let go for free recently as well. We've mentioned it the other day, like, I mean, Caton, not so much, but for me, you know, Gina Wijnaldum, we've missed out on not this kind of money, but decent money for those in the past. We can't do that again. If we're going to carry on in this model and FSG are going to be our owners for the next whatever number of years, we need to get better in the market I think and we ne- haven't been. I yeah. think next summer, you have to sell them or get them on, on a new contract. They're the only two. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah, two options. Well the they're, they're, the, they're the two things. Whatever happens next summer, Mo Salah is going to be He's going, to be, he's going to be signing the new deal or he's going to be sold. I hope he signs the new deal. I think, I honestly think you, you could sign the time down to two more years, get him to 33, 34 and then sell him and you could probably still get like 50 million quid for him then. I genuinely believe that because he's fucking most Salah and this money isn't going anywhere and you might, you might win things by then. I suppose because the, the very, very final question I'll come to you is, is more a hypothetical of what we know about Mohamed Salah a little bit is that he's the, he's a record chaser. He knows every stat. He knows every record he's got, what he's chasing. He laughs, you know, the Ballon d'Or stuff when he finished seventh and he was audibly laughing at it. He wants to be the Ballon d'Or winner. He wants everything. It's, it's like, he could have shut all this down straight away. His, his agent did it in August, but he could have done it again. Where do you think his head's at? Do you think it's at, I want to be Ballon d'Or winner, cha- multiple Champions League, multiple Premier League winner? Or is it a case of like that, that's one point five million quid a week, you know? Because those are kind of at odds with each other. Unless, unless like Neymar, where you believe the Saudi Pro League is about to become the next big thing, where people give a toss about it. It's hard to balance, you know, to square those two, isn't it? You, you can't really be one or one or the other. Sorry, you, you can only be one or the other. You can't be both. Yeah, I think 
the best way to answer that question is to, to think about what Mo Salah is like on a football field and see how angry he is if he's taken off for 10 minutes to play. And you'd understand how much of a winner he is yeah. and how much he wants it and how much he wants each of those individual records and mostly team records. The individual obviously will come if the team's performing. And I think Mo knows that. Um, so I think if, if Salah was a bit like blase about coming off and all this type of stuff, you'd probably think, well, he'll chase the money a little bit more. But I don't think that Mo Salah needs money. Like, uh, it, uh, enough. See the car he was driving on deadline. He's, 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 he's absolutely <laughs> sound. I mean, apart from his wages, which are ridiculous, I mean, he's going to have all kinds of deals his entire life. Um, he's he's set up for life already. It is an astronomical sum of money that he's been offered, but it will be he'll be getting that offered anyway. I don't think he believes, to be honest with you, that that league is anywhere near good enough, and that he will have the notoriety and the fame. Um, and the adjuration of football fans all around the world, not just in one area of the world, if he plays there. Yeah. Um, so I think he, he he sticks around for as long as he can here, and then he goes and, and tries to do stuff if, if the league's improving and the money's right for him, absolutely. of course. Finals have got to be tight, remember. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure they're... Uh, Andrew Jordan Anderson. Um, yeah, they, you've got to... Um, I'm sure the Saudis are playing by FFP. I'm sure they're, they're doing everything by the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See the, the, see the amount of the shares that got a lot of the Newcastle last week. Did you see that flying round? Yes. Bloody hell, one share for 60 million quid. It's going well. It's all right, isn't it? Ours were a pound. <laughs> footy A right then thank you so much guys for joining us for that one thanks very much for watching or listening like I say we thought we'd do this add on after the summer transfer stuff but yes Mo Salah stays at Liverpool there is no Salah for Al Etihad and that is exactly what we wanted see you all soon Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.